You're listening to the BFF, Black, Fabulous, and 40 podcast, the show that brings you real talk from women who have figured out they are too grown not to speak their truth, with your host, Crystal and Kaisha. Okay, welcome to this week's episode of the BFF podcast brought to you by RMK Productions. I am one half of the co-host, Crystal. I'm Kaisha. And this week, we are going to be talking to Thomasina and Roberto, continuing their story of infertility. Uh, Kaisha, where did we leave off last week with the couple? We're, they're still taking us on their journey. And last week ended with an emotional standstill of where... Thomasina was emotionally and wanting to take her life. And we are so happy that she is still with us. Um, For all of you who I know the series has probably been very emotional as it has been for us um, and can't imagine the um, emotional roller coaster that Thomasina and Roberto have been on. Um, So they're going to continue their journey uh, with us this week. And we had ended asking what happened after that moment when there was a pivot. Where did you go from there, Thomasina? At that point, I kind of was like, I need to... I need to go back to basics. I need to get to a point where I have more coping mechanisms than I do now, clearly. Um, I need to get to a point where I'm physically and mentally more healthy than I am. And I need to get to a point where even if everything we're trying to do to become parents is successful, I'm not even in a good place right now to parent a child because I'm so volatile with my emotions and everything else. Even if I were to be pregnant, would I even really be in a place to be happy about it? Because I'm always on eggshells of, well, the last time I was happy and told everyone I had a miscarriage the next day, and then I got happy about, you know, the embryo, and then it failed, and then it it was just too much. So I said, we need to take a step back. So we actually went to Mexico. We took my goddaughter. That was interesting. I absolutely adore her. Going on vacation with a kid is very interesting <laughs> because you're responsible for someone else. And it's not like you can't have fun, but they were trying to give her alcohol because mind you, she looks older than me. So they're trying to give her alcohol. And I'm telling them in Spanish, sin alcohol. And she's like, no, con, con, con. And I'm like, bitch, I will snatch your ass up. So it was just, it was, it was stressful, but it also was like, I want to cuss my kid out. <laughs> Everything just kept coming back to, okay, yes, this is stressful. I don't like all these kids coughing all over the goddamn food. But I do want to have kids. I just don't want to take them on vacation. (laughs) 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 But it was just like, I want this. I want this. I kept telling him, I want this. I want this. I want this, you know. So we just had to see that we just couldn't keep going down this path of injecting my body with these meds that were now turning into poison. So I had to regroup. So I took, what was it, a year off? Oh, my God, I took a long time off. And we said, okay, you know what? Since 
this IVF stuff is not working. <sighs> Let's go back to trying the adoption thing. Now, mind you, we were only doing IVF because adoption had told me no. So now I was like, okay, I knocked on the door lightly before asking you told me no. And I said, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Now, bitch, we're kicking the door down because now we're not taking no because I'm about to like do some tragic shit over here over this IVF med stuff. So you, you, you're going to tell me yes, because I'm not taking no. So we tried multiple adoption agencies. I don't really remember the order. We were either not able to apply because I don't know if you want to talk about why you were ineligible, but I was ineligible because I was diagnosed with bipolar in 2008, which come to find out 12 something years later was a misdiagnosis. I tried to get it removed from my medical record, but the psychiatrist who initially diagnosed me, which it was my, I'm the one who presented the idea to him just based on my behavior at the time that I was doing. Um, he has since retired at that facility. They weren't taking new patients. Finding a psychiatrist even before COVID was a nightmare. I tried for two years, could not find anyone. COVID happens. Good luck finding any mental health, anything. So then I came up with the brilliant idea of let's get divorced and you go and apply for the adoption. I'm your aunt. <laughs> wow. Because if I take myself off the application, easy breezy, beautiful cover girl. You know what I mean? Like to me, it was a no brainer. I was like, I'll sign the paper right now. You can tell them why you can... <laughs> Well, so, then obviously, Roberto, there were some disqualifications for you. You don't have to get into why, but you didn't qualify either. No, it's okay. Um, I was the main one for my disqualification was I'm an atheist and it was a fairly Christian organization. Oh, that's when we were doing domestic adoption. Oh, okay. So this is a different one. When we, why we couldn't do international. Oh, okay. Well, the, so what was the other thing? The other thing was the record, right? Oh, yeah, I got it was all, <laughs> like a silly assault and battery charge when I was 17, which, which is funny. It was there it was the assault was uh, me saying I'm going to kick his ass. And the battery was I uh, kicked in the guy's car window. So his uh, the glass fell on him and that was the battery. So um, but I'm you were actually, 17. That was, yeah, exactly. wasn't even an adult charge. No, so I did. So I did a year of, um, you know, what do they call it? Probation and nothing ever happened, you know, so it went away, but it's still there. So I've been working now. I, I sent it to Boston to hopefully get it expunged. So I'm still waiting. I guess they sent it to Westfield and now Westfield's got to go through it and decide whether it's, it has merit or not, but you know, they use COVID now as an excuse for everything. The slow bureaucracy that it already was. Now they have to use COVID as an excuse to make it even slower. So we're just waiting on to hear that it should, it should get, um, expunged. I don't see any reason why it shouldn't. I'm not 23 violent. years ago. We're still dealing so, with this. I, I have to say this, and this is where I feel our system is so ass backwards. Okay. They will take kids after assault, 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 assault. And, and really they won't even take them still until there's an actual abuse or something right but either way whether it, it we all know kids in the system it takes years sometimes before they're actually pulled out of the home from a parent and you did something 
20 something years ago when you were a kid, been good, been clean ever since. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're going to say, no. Yes. You can't have a kid for that. Yes. Oh, yeah. and, and no, because you were diagnosed bipolar. Yes. Well, every parent I know that has a kid in the system has been diagnosed with multiple things, multiple things. And that one thing disqualifies you. Yes. For that. And that is how ass backwards our system is. And that hearing that kind of stuff pisses me off, pisses me off, especially because I know you guys and you guys, I mean, compared to 98% of the parents out here that, you know, have kids in the system, kids would be great with you would be so much better with you. That absolutely pisses me off. To and even, to, to add on that. to that, like you, like you were saying, you could have a, a mom who has, let's say she has five kids and she has a diagnosis of bipolar and abusive boyfriends and all this history. And they, they finally take the kids out. But what is the goal? Always reunification. Yeah. Send them back. Right. That's what pisses me off about that. Well, it's a double whammy, too, because then then you not only you have that end of it, then you see the end of it where people, you know, should damn well not be having kids. They could have them like that. Mm -hmm. You just touch them. They get pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. And they shouldn't have kids. And and that I know know is that definitely plays out that all the time. I'm like, why? Oh, why? Does that happen like that? And I know, you know, you can't question, you know, divine plans and God and the universe, but it, it, it really, that is one thing that's always baffled me because it's like people who are trying, who do what they're supposed to do, who live the life they're supposed to live, you know, that is asked of them and can't have kids, but people who abuse their bodies, abuse people are, you know, who don't have a life together, their life isn't together, will have kids at a drop of a hat. Mm -hmm. Mm. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. That's where life really doesn't make sense. Yeah. Really doesn't. So you had these no's, you you kept getting these no's from the adoption agency. Right. These are two different agencies. Okay, because you did domestic and international, you said. We tried first with international. Okay. And that's when they were like, okay, you can't because of the bipolar diagnosis. And then he can't because of his criminal record, which the ironic thing is when I first met him, I thought he was like, this kid's kind of soft. Like he's a little too nice, especially compared to the guys that I normally date. When he told me about this assault and battery charge, I was like, panties off. Like, (laughs) fuck. Well, that's news to me. Like in a car, Roberto, your stock just went up. (laughs) I was unaware. She's like, tell me, tell me more of your thuggish ways. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, how do they look at this as a bad thing? He did. Who hasn't done stupid shit before? I just never been caught. 
<laughs> like, how do you judge someone who made this mistake? The girlfriend he had at the time, they're still friends. This person has actually written a letter on our behalf towards an adoption application. Like, this is such a long time ago. It was a whole different life ago. I don't understand, but... And just for future reference, if you ever hear someone has their record sealed, that literally means nothing. Because yeah. when they're doing a DCF type of investigation, they, they go like deep mm -hmm. in the bowels they of the see. records. And all they see is a piece of paper with black, like that redacted it's shit redacted. like the government's always doing. That's what it is. So it actually looks worse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not expunged. This whole time he thought the record wasn't even in there. Mm -mm. So... Yeah, we were in the, oh God. And then there were like two other agencies we applied to that weren't accepting any applications, whatever that means. But the atheist one, that was fucked up because they wouldn't even come out and say he's an atheist. That's why we can't accept you. We only take Christian families. Just tell me that. And I won't even have wasted my time applying to you. Yeah, they tried to gaslight and say, oh no, it's not that with some other word salad that made no sense or just like, okay. <laughs> So I have to ask you, Roberto, now hearing this, this story about what your wife, Thomasina, was going through during that really emotional time, because is this the first time that you've heard about her possible suicide uh, attempt? Yes. Um, a punch in the gut, honestly. Um, I'm surprised I can keep my emotions in check about this. Um, I guess I, I could say with Thomasina, her mental health has always been a thing for sure. In our earlier dating days, I didn't understand a lot of it. I was under the impression that I could be a great person to her and that, that would just clean it, make it clear. And all that stuff would go away because she has a great person in her life. And it took me a, many years, many years to learn that that's not how that works. So this is always going to be on the surface, even if she's, on the right meds, even if she's feeling well in life, that's always going to be on the surface. So all I can do is reiterate to her over and over how I'll be here for her and do my best to be here for her with actions as well as words. Um, the rest is kind of out of my hands, honestly. So uh, as sucky as that sounds, um, I wish I had more insight and better words to describe, but that's kind of how it is. Like this is always going to be something on the surface for her. It's a lot. It's depression is a, it's a thing that affects a lot of people, anxiety as well. And, and it just comes par for the course. So I'm, I'm used to it. I'm, I've been here long enough to know used to it and not take it personal. But then again, she's never really talked about this kind of stuff with me. So I just do my best to, if she wants to talk about it, I'm here to, he I'm here to listen and to um, be a shoulder for her to lean on. If she takes it, she takes it. If she doesn't, there's nothing I could do about it. So I love her to death. And um, if I had to choose between a kid <laughs> and her, she would always be my top priority. Um, so that whole thing of let me go and live my life and have a kid with someone else that won't make me any happier. Losing her would be devastating. So yeah, that, that's not gonna, that won't be definitely not. She's not holding me back in any way. At times I've been, I think 
I hope I'm not holding her back in any way either. <laughs> but that's just how I feel about that whole thing for sure. Um, I am here. And I'm right, I'm right up there. And if she needs me, she can come get me anytime. That's up to her. If she doesn't, there's nothing I can do about that. So, but I do love her a ton. Um, I wish I had a, a wand. I can wave all that away from her, all that, those feelings from, you know, I, I know it stems from trauma. I know it stems from her upbringing. Um, so if, if I had the ability to wave that all away and take it away from her, I, I would obviously, absolutely, you know, but that's just not how real life works. So I just try to, I try to, yeah, I, I mean, that's what I'd have to say. Um, I definitely, I'm always here for her and I always will try my best to be a rock for her. Uh, the rest of it kind of just leans on her and if she wants to take advantage of that or not, but I love her to death. And that's all I can say. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's kind of answers it. <laughs> Thank you, Roberto. Um, I know. She's doing the black mom like, I'm a <laughs> we get home. Yes. When we get home. Okay. My puppy <laughs> that's why I listen. I love, I love doing this and, you know, nothing is, we're not scripted. Okay. We're not scripted. Exactly. Life happens. And that's what this podcast is all about. Even yeah. if we have a guest, Hey, our life happens. She has dogs and <laughs> they, they right now. See, how are you feeling buddy? Oh, my little friend. Yes. And you know, we know he has not been feeling well. Um, He's well now. But <laughs> hey. <laughs> He is on his way to recovery um, yes. <laughs> and feeling a lot better. And so he, hey, we have to, we have to have those moments um, for sure. So, you know, and, and sometimes it, it helps lighten the mood a little bit. Um, Who the hell would want it scripted anyway? More organic is better, you know? <laughs> That's no fun. Um, I definitely would not be able to keep it scripted with you guys on for sure. <laughs> Oh gosh, no. Thomasina would throw that out the window. <laughs> like, fuck this script. Fuck it. <laughs> I don't remember what it said. Scripts. My memory's fucked up. We're starting over. <laughs> <laughs> got my line. Got it, got it, got it, got it. So, okay. Um, so we will um so what was next? What was next, Thomasina? So uh, we took a break from IVF temporarily. Um, I got pissed off, left the clinic I was at. I said, we got to do something different. Went to a different clinic that's about two hours away. And while we were doing that, we were still going through the adoption process through DCF, which was a three-year process. I'm trying not to be negative, but I'm going to keep my comments about that very short. It was three years unnecessarily. Motherfuckers not doing their job that they were supposed to do. I had to go through. I basically had to just become a black Karen. Keisha, we'll call her Keisha. And I went straight to the supervisor. I said, look, y'all got me fucked up. I'm trying to get my kid. Let's get the party started. And once I started doing that, things started moving. But then it was like, okay, we need like fucking spit samples. I mean, they were just asking for some stuff that he was like, are you for real? So then I'm cussing him out saying, shut the fuck up and just do it. And then he's like, I didn't have to do all this. For it was just a lot. So we get through the whole DCF thing. We get approved. 
because you need to be approved to actually have a kid in your house. And I said, I don't know how none of my friends would be approved to be parents if they had to go through this. So we are licensed to be responsible to take care of a kid. I felt like this was like a privilege. So we're going through the other clinic doing our IVF stuff as we're going through a cycle. Um, because we were going to do a mock cycle where we were going to act like we were going to put an embryo in, but instead of doing the embryo, they do a biopsy of your uterus to make sure that the hormones are at the levels they're supposed to be. Because I, I, I'm still trying to understand why do these miscarriages keep happening? We went to an adoption party, found our two boys that I immediately fell in love with that I had actually found two years prior on the website, but no one knew anything about them. Ended up finding them at this party, got the information, went through the whole process to um, get them. And we were told, oh, no, you can't. We, we can't even put them in your home because since you're still doing IVF, you cannot have kids in your home. Mind you, we told her, our worker, a year prior we were doing IVF. I told her, I heard on a podcast, some people can't do IVF and the adoption process. Is this a problem for you? She goes, no. Like, she was shocked that I didn't even mention it. So now you wait until we found the kids we like. And that we fell in love with and that we want. And again, I went and ran my mouth and told everyone, we found our kids and they're coming. And I went for all this party shit. And you tell me we can't have these kids because of IVF. So what happens? I said, fuck all that. I stopped IVF. They told us because of some issues with the kids, they had to sleep in separate rooms. And we have a three bedroom house. One of the rooms was a kid's room, had all the baby stuff that I had slowly bought over the years. And the other ones are office. The other ones are bedrooms. They said we didn't have enough rooms for the kids. So what did we do? We packed all his books. It's mostly his books into a pod. While we were in the process of trying to move to a four bedroom house that would have almost tripled our mortgage payment. Mind you, I'm in debt. Okay. We already spent my basement still wet. Wasn't the basement still wet? <laughs> I think so. Or at least we're in this process of starting to get it fixed. The basement's still wet. I told him, pack your shit, put it in a pod. We're moving. I don't give a fuck about nobody. We're getting these kids. I don't care. So when our worker finds out we're trying to move, because mind you, she told me we don't have enough room. So, okay, bitch, you're telling me to move. So when she finds out we're trying to move, she goes, well, I didn't say for you to move. <laughs> All of a sudden, our house is fine. It was just a mess. It was just a mess. Fast forward, we go to a meeting, which is called a disclosure meeting. In the disclosure meeting, they tell you everything deep down dirty about their whole relationship with these children in DCF. These kids had medical issues and psychosocial issues. And I don't want to call them issues, but their, their situation with their birth parents was such that this would have literally been a full-time job in and of itself. I'm not saying parenting is not a full-time job. What I'm saying is for the medical care alone that they needed, I would have had to quit my job. So because I'm the breadwinner, that would have made no sense. So that means Roberto would have had to quit his job. Roberto is not medical. You could tell him history. He will repeat that shit. Any sports facts. He doesn't remember. I told him to take out the trash. He remembers who won the World Series in 1972, where the fuck it was, what the score was. You tell him medical stuff and it's just not going to compute. And that's not fair for me to put that on him. It's not fair. And I said, listen, I, I really want these kids, but I don't think that we both working full time, we're the best place for them. So I went to work and I talked to two parents at work and they were both men. I talked to three people. I talked to my really, really, really good. She's like my work wife. I asked her and she told me the truth that I didn't want to hear, which was they're not for you. 
And so I was like, I knew she was going to say that, which is why I asked her, but I'm still going to ask other people. <laughs> so I asked one parent who has two special needs sons. And I asked another parent who has an adoptive daughter. And I told them the situation. I said, tell me the truth. And they both said, they're not for you. They're like, we, I can tell how much you want this. And I'm not saying you're not meant to be a mom. What I'm saying is these kids are not meant for you. And I cried, but I knew they were right. And I knew that me asking these three people, they would tell me what I needed to hear, not what I wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. So we had to let the boys go. So I don't even know what's come of them at this point, but it pissed me off that I stopped IVF to get these boys and the disclosure meeting is for this purpose. That, so I don't want to make it sound like they didn't tell us all this stuff was wrong with them because our worker didn't even know it. Our worker was like, this is not okay. Like this whole story is not okay. And there's a lot of things that should have been done that weren't a lot of things that fell through the cracks that now that they're a little bit older are going to be harder to address mm -hmm. that. I think you should consider that. And so we all basically were on the same page that they, we wouldn't, weren't going to be able to adopt them. Now we go back to the fact that I've now been off the meds and I like how I feel being off the meds and you want me to go back on the meds, not nobody. I'm talking to myself. You want me to go back on these meds so that we can have this kid, hopefully maybe, and I'm driving literally two hours to get blood work done to come back for them to say, oh, well, we need to change your meds. Come back tomorrow for two hour lab. You know what I mean? Like it was just driving two hours for 10 minute blood work to then drive two hours back. I wasn't working. I think there was one week, week I missed three days worth of work just for lab work. And I still fucked up the meds. So we had to cancel the cycle to start it. Over. It was just a mess. And I said, I, <sighs> so for anyone out there who wants to know, well, why didn't you just do surrogacy? Excellent question. Everyone asks us that. This is the problem. When you have either patients, families who have gone through this, whether it be adoption, surrogacy, um, IVF, they tell you the abbreviated version. What episode is this? Is this 10, 20? What episode is this that we're still talking about, you know, my journey? And I've skipped stuff. They're not going to sit down and tell you every process that happened. So when you have people saying, well, my friend adopted and they didn't have all this trouble, bitch, they told you the abbreviated fucking story. I'm telling you for a fact, they told you the abbreviated story. So don't come at me with the shit. When I know what the fuck I went through and the people who are in my inner circle know what I went through because they were injecting me in the ass. They were talking me off a ledge and they were, you know, telling me cut the shit because I was on some bullshit. So let me get that out there right now. Why didn't we use a surrogate? We tried. We were told that because I had my surgery to remove my fibroids that my uterus was fine and I didn't qualify to use a surrogate because there was no physical reason why I shouldn't be able to get pregnant and stay pregnant, even though I've proven that I can't. You need to have, I found out from a podcast, you need to have three miscarriages to even apply to have a miscarriage workup. I forget what the official term is. I forget. Fucking meds. Um, I already had two and that was enough. Because I told you, I almost took myself out. So we're not going to keep fucking with these meds to, 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 to do what? And then I was told that for us to use a surrogate um, or to, for us to even pick our egg donor, because I had a best friend who was going to be my egg donor and another best friend who was going to carry for us. The best friend who was going to carry for us was 39. She said, we have until she's 40 and she's, you know, she doesn't want to do it, which is understandable. And my other friend who was going to be our egg donor, she was 38. And they said, we can only use someone who's younger than 32. I said, listen, 
who the fuck do I know who's younger than 32? Bitch. You have to go hang out at a college. (laughs) (laughs) The audacity. No. So I actually had a woman who I took classes with reach out to me on Facebook and offer to be my surrogate and not surrogate, uh, my egg donor. And I was so grateful to her. And I said, you are so sweet. I said, I appreciate this so much. You have no idea. I said, you even just offering this gives me motivation to get my shit together and keep trying. But let me explain to you what the meds are going to do to your, you and your body before you agree to this. And I told her the truth. And she said she had no idea. And in considering that, she has to retract her offer. And I said, I'm glad you did that because I could not in good conscience put you through what I had to go through. I just, wow. without you knowing. And she didn't even have kids. She does not have her own children. And she was going to donate her eggs to me. So anyway, at this point, we took another break, went on another vacation, came back from vacation on a Monday. Tuesday, I'm at work. (laughs) Get a call from our DCF worker. Well, we have a kid for you. Okay. You have what? <laughs> she said, oh, we got a little boy. He's 11 months old, blah, 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 blah. For his privacy, I won't go into too much detail. Don't say his name. Um, but fast forward, I'm basically texting all these girls. Bitch, they got, like, I think that's how the text started. Bitch, they got <laughs> this little boy for us. What do you think? And all three of them are like, go get him, go get him, go get him. So then, of course, now Roberto's all late to the party. So I'm like, okay, now that they said go ahead, now I have some ammunition. So I'm like, so listen. So the workers have a kid for us and I think we should do it. And it's not a definitive, like legally uh, free case. Um, This may just be temporary. What do you think? And he's like, but you said we're not doing foster care. We're only doing adoption. I said, okay, I know that's what I said, but that was back when I thought the shit was going to work. I said, this may be our only chance. I really think we should do this. Like, I think we should do this. So I'm basically not even giving him a choice. He just has to say yes, because I'm going to do it anyway. So he says, yes. So I tell the worker, okay, we'll, we'll take him. So this is between 11 a.m., no, 10.30 a.m. to 12.15. So at one o'clock, she texts me back and she goes, okay, I just, or she emails me back and says, okay, I just finished talking to, she calls me. I just finished talking to his worker. Okay, they looked at your file. Everything looks good. We're going to place him with you. Perfect. I said, okay, when is he coming? Today. I said, well, well. Okay. Well, I gotta work at 3:30. And they're like, no, no, no. He's gonna be there at 3:30. I said, bitch, the fuck? Bitch, I'm an hour from home. Listen, so now I go to my boss, like literally, like with the phone, like, uh, 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 okay. So I go to my boss and I said, So, do you have a second? He's like, Yeah, what's up? I said, DCF is trying to bring me a kid, and they said that I gotta be home before. Like, this is literally how it came out of my mouth. So he's like, I guess you should leave that. And I said, I'm going to be wrong. I'm going to be wrong. So I'm like running out of work like this, like an asshole. So I run out of work. Bitch, I qualify for Daytona for NASCAR 500. This trip home usually takes me 75 minutes. Bitch, I was in the Springfield Walmart in 45 minutes motherfucking flat. On the drive there, I watched, watch. I was not watching, officer. I was not watching. I was listening. <laughs> to a YouTube video on the top 10 things to buy to get your house ready for a foster kid. I went through all that shit in the cart. Mind you, we already had a bunch of stuff. We didn't have clothes. We didn't have anything. Through all that shit in the cart, 
I'm telling y'all bitches, listen, the kids come today. Oh my God, Roberto's still at work. So I'm like, don't even leave work because if you leave work, the kid's not going to come. So you stay at work, I'll figure this out. <laughs> Mind you, my house is a mess at baseline because when you have depression, I mean, brushing your teeth is a work of God. So listen, I just get my shit enough together so I look like I have it together. My house is a, is a mess. So I come home with the stuff. I get home 10 minutes before they do. So the woman... The worker brings him and I'm like, oh, my God, he's really here. He's really here. Oh, my God, he's really here. And she's looking around my house and she said, I don't feel safe leaving him here with the house in this condition. And I said, I got here 10 minutes before you did. <laughs> I didn't even have time to hide the mess. And my car is filled with stuff from Walmart for him. So I don't even put shit in my car like I normally do when people are coming over. So I don't know what you want me to do. Do you know she went and called her supervisor and was on the phone for 45 minutes trying to find another place for him to go because my house wasn't safe. Bitch, I haven't fallen. If anything, my coordination has improved. And all this is security stuff because if anyone tries to break into my house, they're going to break a neck. So, Can I just say, as yes. someone who has been to your house, her house is not dirty. No. It's, it's not dirty. Messy. It's filled with things. From Amazon mostly. <laughs> There's just a lot of stuff. It's like it's like an Amazon warehouse, basically. Yeah. Oh. Um, so and I was one of those people on the text thread that day, because you're gonna lead up to that, I'm sure. Uh, because we all ended up coming over and doing what? <laughs> I had to come clean my house. It was it was not my brightest moment. But I literally had to say, so the workers in my house is a mess and that they're not going to leave from here. So, of course, Michelle, number one, was like, bitch, I told you to get your shit together. She had been telling me. <laughs> so they all come over and it was so bad. So it was her. Crystal, Nyerka came. The three of them came. As soon as Michelle came in, she goes, oh, no, we need more help than this. She called her husband and said, we need more help. And so Tommy came. I called my mom because the little boy's crying and I'm like, I don't know what to do with you. So I called my mom. I said, mommy, busy. She goes, oh, I'm just cooking dinner. Why? What's up? I said, so this year brought me a kid and he's here and he's crying and I don't know what to do. And she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so my mom comes over and it was just like, bitch, how did you? First of all, you three were pissed at me for not letting you know how bad it had gotten. Yeah. But honestly, because I live like this. It seemed it's, normal. It didn't. No, I know it's not normal. My house is the physical representation of what I go through emotionally. Mm -hmm. The chaos, the clutter, the unorganization, the disarray. Oh, your husband should tell you to clean your house. My wife would never. Bitch, that's why I'm not with you. So any man out there talking shit. First of all, if you were with me, I would suck your dick enough times for you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> and you would not tell me shit. Number one. Number two, Roberto has, tried. <laughs> Roberto has tried to get me to get my shit together. He has tried. And honestly, the few times he said something, it's gotten worse because when I get anxious and when I get overwhelmed, I shop. It's I'm working through it. I'm working through it. And so he knows it's a process. He deals with it. He doesn't like it. He just leaves it alone. So I'll say that. The house was clean. We found a lot of stuff that was related. 
when Erica was helping me clean, she found, I forgot I even bought this. She found a onesie that I bought when I found out I was pregnant and I forgot I bought it. And it said, I hurt my pole dancing mama. And I said, that's why I don't clean. I said, I can't see stuff like that. And I said, I don't even, I remember buying it now that I see it, but I was like, it just brought me right back to the miscarriage. It brought me right back there. And I said, I can't do anymore. I can't do anymore. And I just started freaking out. And she was trying to give me a hug or something. And I was like, no, don't touch me. Don't touch me. I can't, I can't, I can't do anymore. And um, that was it. I don't know what she did with the rest of the stuff. But I said, I can't do anymore. And I went and sat somewhere. I don't, I don't remember what I did. But I sat somewhere else. And I said, I don't even give a fuck about any of this stuff. I don't care what you do with it. I just, I can't. If I see anything else that's triggering, I, I cannot. I can't. So I said, that's why I don't clean my house. It's not intentional. I promise it's not intentional. It's just there's so many things that are triggering that I don't even know what they are till I see them. So it's just easier for me to just not see them. So that's why my house looks like this. So anyway, they packed the shit up. Still don't know where the fuck they took it, but they took it out. And uh, we had our little boy for nine months. We had him January 7th. He came. Roberto met him that night. Went to pick him up. And I was like, Don't you dare wake this kid up. It took us forever to get him to sleep. And by the next morning, he was in love. He's like, I love him. Can we keep him? He's ours. Can we keep him? How do we keep him? What do we-? And I was just like, don't get your hopes up. Don't fall in love with this kid. Because when they take him, it's going to be that much harder. You can't help but fall in love with him. You can't help it. We had him during COVID. We had him during a point in time where everyone, we got Corey checked. Because anyone who you have in your house has to get Corey checked. Anyone you want to watch him has to get Corey checked. Our friend who worked as a police officer for the FBI was not even approved through DCF's Corey. This is how strict their shit is. Girl, I'll have to tell you that story another time. But, oh my God, we went through so much. Like, I literally had to threaten him, threaten them and tell them, leave us alone. You're going to have to come get him because they wouldn't even let our friend who's also another nurse, watch him because we already Corey checked enough people. And I'm like, yeah, but there's a pandemic and people aren't leaving their houses right now. And the daycare worker just told me yesterday when I went to pick him up that she's closing effectively immediately. We both have jobs we have to go to and y'all are paying us $25 a day. Do you see how he eats? That that doesn't even feed him. Are you crazy? Like, what am I supposed to do right now? It was so much. Oh my God, it was so much. My job was sending me home at one point, which worked out because we didn't have childcare. Anyway, you know, DCF doesn't set you up with childcare. They basically bring you the kid and they give you a list of places to call. Roberto called like 35 places. I called 10. One of the places laughed at him talking about, do you have an opening? They laughed at him. What's funny? Yeah. The audacity. We found a place for him. When your kid ever acts funny around people we're always so quick to think about listen i gotta go to work i got an appointment i got whatever whatever you need to stop and say why is my kid acting funny this kid cried when i dropped him off not the first day every day after that he cried when i got there actually and i thought he was crying because i was there to pick him up because you know i'm not as fun as roberto is so i just assumed he was crying because he didn't want to come home with me because he has such a great day the kid's elbow was dislocated first day of daycare I don't even know what I'm doing. And for two weeks, this kid was pristine, pristine. Okay. 
first day in daycare, dislocated elbow. Call the work, call the the DCF, DCF, call the, the daycare lady. She tried to act like I did it. Well, he was fine when he left her. No, he was crying. He was crying. And you told me he had a great day. So I'm thinking he had a great day. He's crying because I'm there to pick him up to ruin his great day. The kid's elbow is dislocated. You don't notice that he's, his arm is just dangling. She said, I've been doing this for 20 something years and I've never heard of this. Bitch, I would not admit that out loud. Oh, it was awful. Being in the, uh, the ER with him and watching him cry as they're trying to reposition the bones and, and manipulate it, it was just, my heart broke. And I said, now I see why parents go to jail. I said, now I see why I'm having so much trouble having a kid because God knows I will go to jail if someone fucks with my kid because I was already planning on fucking her ass up. Oh my God, I was so upset. I, I, I uh, We went through so much. He had a diaper rash that was just like, I mean, it just said neglect. And I said, I'm at work and I can't even concentrate on work because I'm worried about checking my phone. Did she call to say something happened to this kid? And do you know she had the nerve to tell me when I told her when any when he falls, when he, I need to know everything that happens to this kid. She goes, I don't have to tell you. She knew he was a DCF kid. And you're now telling me you don't have to tell. Oh, he's going to get moved. So we got him moved, thank God, to a daycare lady that was amazing before COVID happened. <sighs> amazing. He was gaining weight. I mean, she was teaching him Spanish to help him talk with his mom. It was just wonderful. They, um, COVID happened, ruined everything. We had to find emergency daycare for him, which thank God for the internet because our, our um, DCF worker didn't even know that that was um, one of the options. So for healthcare workers and DCF families, they had emergency daycares, which literally made no sense. So he went from being one of six kids in his own daycare to them opening up an emergency daycare. So he was one of like 12 kids. I said, y'all got this shit fucked up. They didn't think it through. They shut things down knowing people can't go to work if their kid has no child care. It was stupid. We ended up, one of my friends found a daycare on Facebook. That was his last daycare he went to. They loved him. This kid, as soon as he saw the daycare worker, I mean, he was trying to shut the door as we're dropping him off. He just, he loved this place. He thrived. His vocabulary just through the roof. I mean, it was just amazing. And even the day that um, he was reunified with his mom, we brought him there to say goodbye. And I mean, they just cried. I, I didn't even want to see their faces. I called and I said, we're outside today's, you know, his last day, he's going home today. Can he, and they're like, Oh my God, thank you so much for bringing him. So they brought him inside for like 15 minutes. And when they brought him out, I mean, they were just devastated crying, devastated crying. They loved him. They loved him. They loved him. You couldn't help, but love him. He just was the sweetest, smartest boy. And I always told Roberto, our kid will never be this cool. He just wouldn't. We're not bad people. We're just not that cool. <laughs> <laughs> It was just perfect. <sighs> and when he left, I'm still not okay. But I'm happy that we kept him safe for his mom. Like, I really, I don't know how old she is, but I was like, I feel like I'm like her mom to some extent because she just was someone that just needed time to get her stuff together for him. And she needed us to be there for him. And I was willing to even get an apartment. I found an apartment for them. That's a whole other story, but I found an apartment for them and I was willing to pay for a whole year's rent, all the utilities, everything just to get them back together because of the situation 
it was out of both of their control. And I knew it was best for him to be with her, even though if it was for me, he would stay with us. So he went back home. I was a fucking mess. Still am. But I'm like at my baseline level of mess. Sort of. And to me, I said, now this is make or break now. So we've experienced being a parent during COVID, which sucked ass. If we still want this, we're meant to be parents. Over stupid or both. I'll take it. I don't care. So went on vacation and I said, on this vacation, this is where we decide if this is what we really want. And uh, I think it was like a six day vacation. We, we stayed in Puerto Rico six days, wasn't it? Uh, close to it, I think. Yeah. And I, it was the morning of the second day. And I'm like, nope, I want to be a mom. That's it. When are we going home so we can like get started with this? Because I want to be a mom and this is this is it. Like, I don't care anymore. I will walk through heaven, earth, fire, whatever. Whatever devilish shit you put me through, bring it on, bitch. I don't care if you think I'm tempting the universe, bitch. Now I'm ready. I stretched. I did my yoga and I drank my water, bitch. I'm fucking ready. Let's do this shit. I'm getting my kid this year. What happened? My period pieces the fuck out. That bitch was like, okay, you got jokes, bitch. I got jokes. Fuck you. I'm not coming back. She left, bitch. I got my period December 26th. And she didn't come back until I think like March. <laughs> I was like, oh, you think you're funny. I see what you're doing now. Y'all, y'all, y'all trying to throw a new, a new wrench in the plants. Okay. So now that I want to start IVF again, now my period doesn't want to fucking go. Okay. Go get a workup. Now it looks like I'm in early menopause. Bitch. You gotta be fucking kidding me. So now pussy dry as fuck. Don't have any sex drive anyways. Don't want to do shit. Hot flashes. I'm hot just for the sake of, like, I'm even hot now. I'm hot for the sake of being hot. It's wintertime. I'm complaining it's hot. I normally sleep with a heated blanket in the summer. And it's wintertime. And I'm complaining. I'm understanding why the white people wear shorts in the winter. That's not supposed to make sense to me. Bitch, I'm hot. I'm like, oh, no. Now this is not funny. See, you tempted the universe and the universe put your foot in the ass, man. Fuck. So now I'm like, okay, now what do we do? Now what do we do? I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. We're going to do everything. Now we're doing everything. So thankfully, we found a new home study agency. We're going through the process now. They seem to be very supportive. They seem to be very encouraged by us. They're not judging us for our past. He's getting his criminal stuff addressed. I had my bipolar diagnosis reversed. It's actually PTSD, which presents as the same, I found out. Um, actually because of COVID, I was able to find a psychiatric nurse practitioner and I was able to see her on zoom and that has been a blessing. So she is going to write whatever paperwork we need to get us through this. The home study agency we're working with is not judging us for anything we've done in the past or had in the past because we are functioning adults and, uh, it's going to work this time. Bitch is going to work this time. It has to. And I'm just in such a better place mentally. My house is still a mess, but that's for some other reasons. I got too many projects going on, but I'm like actually like excited about tomorrow now. Whereas before I was like, I can't go through another day of this. I can't go through another day of this. He'd go to work. He'd come home. I'm still in the bed. He's like, Are you, have you been in that same spot all day? Have you gotten up at all? Have you brushed your teeth today? And I said, I don't even have the energy. to. Do I don't have the energy to even have this conversation. 
I don't have the energy to brush my teeth. I don't have an ener the energy to take a bath. I don't have the energy. I cannot do it today. Now, listen, despite the house being a mess, I've got plans. I'm trying to do all this stuff with the pool stuff, with the twerk stuff, with the chair dance stuff, with the baby stuff. Listen, bitch, I'm like looking forward to the future now. I'm, look I'm still depressed because that's still something I have to work on. But I actually have the energy to work on it to do the self-help stuff that I didn't want to do, to address childhood stuff that's bringing up emotions I didn't want to deal with that I haven't dealt with in 39 years. I'm digging through all that because I know I need to be the best person I can be because my kid is going to need me because my kid is going to be here and I need to be ready, bitch. So I'm in a good place now. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. I yes. love it. What about you, Roberto? Where are you right now? Um, I'm just soaking up all that energy she's given off. Um, I can't, I'm never, I've learned, I'm never going to be happy for a kid until it's here and it's ours. I mean, we've, we've already had too many false starting guns on this and I can't, I can't go through that emotion anymore. Um, but, um, I, I am very what she says is very, very um, truthful. Like this, this agency is very supportive of us for sure. And um, I like, I feel very happy about the way it's going. And um, I'm looking forward to the future as well. I, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky enough to not suffer from depression. So I could never fully understand it. Even if I try to walk in those shoes, it's still something I, I'll never be able to fully grasp without suffering from it myself. So I'm, I'm very apathetic. Is that the right word? Sympathetic. Sorry. Sympathetic to it. <laughs> but um, I have to say, um, seeing her happy makes me very happy. And um, I know we're on our right path for sure. Um, all this sadness and and sorrow and uh, battles that we fought together there. It's, it's gotta pay off. It has to, and we will make sure that it will. Damn right. Before, before we end this episode, um, what, and I, and I want both of you to answer this question for all the couples out there that are listening that have that are going through this journey as well um and everybody has their own story with this right and everybody has their own journey what would be some encouraging words each of you would tell those couples know your own personal limits don't compare yourself to oh well we had a friend who had you know two miscarriages who had 20 miscarriages before they had their kid who had, you know, they did international adoption. They spent $300,000 to have their kids. I mean, we've heard the stories. They're helpful to a point. Don't think that that's some level you need to achieve. If it's getting to the point where it's now abusive to you, for me to continue IVF would have been abusive to myself and to my body. The meds and I do not get along. They put me in a place that is not healthy. It is not safe, physically safe. 
I would have taken my life if I continued with these meds because that's the side effect that it caused for me. So that was not my journey. It's not to say we can't be parents. It's just that's not my path to get there. And that's okay. Other people go through this journey and they're like, you know what? Donor egg is not our journey. Donor sperm is not our journey. And if we can't have our natural genetic children, then that's the end of the line for us. And we're content being child free. They're accepting of the fact that it's going to be them with no children that are biologically theirs. And that's fine too. I feel childless. A kid is meant to be with us. Our foster son confirmed it, period. That's it. Bring me my kid. You just tell me where to get them. I will go do so. We feel that this is now our path to do so going through this current home study agency. And if for some reason this goes sideways, well, then we're on to the next plan. But regardless, I'm not stopping until I get my kid. So know your limits. Know your limits. Know your limits. I like that. Roberto, what would you, what, what's, what's your words of advice? Um, I would have to say, listen to one another, hear one another, be there for one another. Something like this should never tear you apart. It should bring you together. Um, take advantage of every second you have together because it can be all washed away like that. And be it, just be one. And definitely, definitely don't neglect your partner. And rather it's something you do outwardly, or maybe you're unaware that you're doing it. Hear them, see them, listen to them, and make the most of all your time because we do have the ability to get comfortable. And we have the, that leads to negativity. It could lead to not hearing the other person and making them feel less than. And I just, I just avoid that and just be one for sure. Um, And life is much richer with it. I love it. I love it. I love both of you and we appreciate you. We appreciate you sharing your story. And I know we will have you back um, for other topics and Thomasina. I know that um, you, you have so much to offer our listeners too, and sharing your stories as well. And cause I, I just love the way you tell your story. Um, you know, it's very straightforward. It's not sugarcoating anything. And, you know, there's a lot of people that can definitely relate to both of you. So we'll have you on again in the future. And I thank you. Um, This has been another episode of Black Fabulous and 40. I am your co-host, Kaisha. And I'm Crystal. Until next time. Thank you for joining us this week on BFF, Black, Fabulous, and 40, with your host, Crystal and Kaisha. This episode is a division of RMK Productions and the 10 United Podcast Network. If you would like to subscribe to the channel, you can find us at rmkproduction.net. There, you can subscribe to the show so you'll never miss an episode. Tell a friend to join our friend circle and get to know more about us on Instagram at... The Crystal Grant and I am Kai Claiborne.